0: And he serves out wide it's a miss it and it's done the biggest title of his career fabio fennini is smiling from ear to ear he becomes the first italian to win a masters title since the series began he rises to a career-high number 12, and he's done it in straight sets. No form to speak of coming into this tournament. Fabio Fanini is a Masters champion. He's the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters winner for 2019, and he's done it in an hour and 38 minutes and straight sets 6-3-6-4. Who would have thought when Italy's Fabio Fanini claimed his maiden Masters 1000 title back in 2019 that he would still be the Monte Carlo champion two years on. But just as his victory was unexpected, so too has been the tennis landscape for much of the past year. But the players are now back in Monte Carlo and looking forward to the usual two months of European clay court action out on the dirt. I'm Seb Lozier and over the next 40 minutes or so, we'll hear from some of the players involved and some of their coaches too, the biggest names in the business of clay, we start, in fact, with the man of the moment and the most recent new Masters 1000 champion. We'll also hear from the teenager who ran him very, very close in the final, Yannick Sinner, coming up shortly. But first, Paul King has been speaking with the Miami Open champion of just over a week ago, Hubert Hurkacz, And he started by asking him how those magical 10 days started to take shape.
1: Well I think I was like taking it step by step cuz like every single match was like was super tough and like every opponent was it was great that I played against so I was just like <laughs> trying to, to prepare for the next round.
2: I know you haven't been back but have you got any idea what the reaction's been like back in Poland?
1: Yeah, I mean like I got so many messages like and and so many congratulations like and so I think it was, it was was pretty big in Poland.
2: I mean, it was an incredible week for you, and of course for for your good friend Yannick, who you played in the final. How great was it to to play him for both of you in the first Masters 1000 final? And how proud can he be as well of his own achievement?
1: Yeah, I mean, like to play with Yannick in the such a big final was was a pleasure. I mean, hopefully in the in the future we'll play many of uh, many more finals of the big events. Uh, I mean, like he's like he's a special player, like player by being so young and. Uh, I, Achieving what what he does, winning so many like tight close matches against like uh, uh, really great opponents, so like uh, so he has something special in him. So uh, I think he's he's gonna be amazing in the future. And it's not just something you're saying. You guys are legitimately really good <laughs> friends, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good friends. I mean, like he's great to great to chat with, great to to, to hit with, practice with. Um, you defeated uh, Titsipas and Rublev uh, before
2: the final, but even before that you had sort of tough challenges, didn't you, against Raonic and Shapovalov. I mean, how did you maintain the sort of mental toughness to, to to defeat four top 20 players in a row, I think it was?
1: Yeah, I was just, like, looking at my next round match, because, like, if I, like if, I, if I look, like, oh, like, you have to, like, defeat those players, like, to get there then, then it's tough, but, like, I mean, obviously, like, Danis beat me there the, the week before that, so I was, like, trying to get her as ready as I can for that that run then then to play Milos who's like serve is a bomb and then like he just hits the nukes the balls and it's like you have to like you have to like be player a A game there um, of course you've now
2: joined them you've jumped up 21 places to 16 <laughs> in the world I think made this incredible run how do you build on it and, and ensure that it isn't just a one-off
1: yeah I mean like i'll i'll try to do do the same things just like get better every single day and try to improve my game so i think that's that that should be and that that would be my 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 main focus now to to just be be a better player
2: are there any areas of your game that you mentioned that, that that you have been working on specifically or is it just everything's just clicked together at the same time for you
1: yeah i think like kind of like all the work that we put in, basically, I mean, work on served then the, and then obviously some some baseline stuff. So just like everything, just like clicked together, and also was working there the, 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 this week.
2: Of course, now we, we've uh, we've we finished uh, from the uh, the, the state side uh, matches. We've switched to the European clay. How much do you enjoy this time of year, and how do you rate your game on this this surface at the moment?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I played so, so much time as, I was, uh, as I'm from Poland and then most of the courts are, are clay court there. So, so throughout the whole season basically you, you play on clay court. So, so I'm adapt, I just need to adapt to the surface, make some uh, minor changes to the, to the game plans, to the how, how you build the points because it's just obviously a little different than hardcore. So just, I just need to do, do that and, and try to adapt for it. Um, only had one previous visit to this this famous
2: old tournament here in Monte Carlo. How much did you enjoy that experience, though? How much do you enjoy coming here? And how confident are you of maintaining that Miami momentum?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Monte Carlo. It's an amazing place. And and obviously, the club is so, so, so beautiful. So I, I enjoy like playing here here a lot. So hopefully I'll be able to stay a bit longer.
2: Yannick, well, it was an incredible week for you last week in Miami. I guess frustrating in the end to, to lose to Hubie in the final. But how proud were you with your performances in general, last week.
3: Yes, obviously, it has been a very positive week. Um, many, many matches, many tough matches. Uh, the conditions there were were not easy to play. Um, so you know, it was was a great week. But obviously, you know, losing in finals is uh, is tough. You know, it's always the last step on a on a tournament. So um, yeah, um, it's uh, it went like this. But you know, here's another week. So. Um, getting ready for this here.
2: looking back is there anything you, you wish or you feel you could have done different in that match itself
3: yes obviously you know, um, you know obviously when you play it's uh, it's different and then after you watch yourself and then and you, and you feel like, you know, in that moment maybe you, have, you should have done maybe this one or you maybe change a little bit that. So obviously there are many things uh, what I could do better. But, uh, you know, um, you are there, you know, with 19 or you win or you improve, trying to improve and, uh, and trying to learn about the mistakes so, uh, and trying to do them better the next time.
2: I know you're really good friends with Hubie, aren't you? How great was it to, to play him in the final and and how big an achievement was it for him? I'm sure your turn will come, but for him to take that first Masters 1000 title was a great achievement.
3: Yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, if you're thinking um, we were playing doubles uh, the week before in Dubai. Um, you know, he's a super great person, you know, he has uh, a great coach and team behind, behind him, you know, and... Uh, that's always you know good to see you know obviously when you play uh obviously when you go on court you want to win against everyone but you know it's uh after the match obviously you 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 still are friends um which is uh more important
2: having come so close though how much has that inspired you to give yourself a similar opportunities going forwards
3: well you know it's uh, as i said before you know you trying to take your chance uh, in every tournament trying to play your best tennis that you can uh, giving 100% and then then we will see what's uh, what's coming so uh, i'm not pushing myself under pressure about that uh, on the other side i know that uh, uh, that i can that i can play good tennis
2: You've had some really big wins on clay as well, of course. Now we switch back to this. surface. How confident are you of another strong run in Monte Carlo this week?
3: Well, we will see. For me, the first year playing here in Monte Carlo. Um, I practiced uh, a few years here with with all the players when I was uh, 16, 17. So that was, for me, a real pleasure. Now playing here is uh, it's good to see for me. Um, I know that I can play well on this uh, on this surface. Obviously, we, uh, we still have to go uh, used to that, you know, different conditions, especially d- uh, different surface. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting week.
0: Her catch and Sinner friends on and off the court. And the same can be said for our next guest, Germain Jugounon, who's now David Goffin's coach, but has known the
4: Belgian since they were kids. We know each other since we are like uh, six years old, I think. Uh, we grew up together, we, we were in the same room in the federation, in the tennis centre, so it's a roommate, so that's a good story, yeah.
2: Yeah, so when did the, uh, the, the sort of uh, teaming up uh, happen? So it was sort of late last year?
4: Yeah, uh, during the preseason last year, uh, David stopped the, his relation with uh, Thomas Johansson and then he asked me to, to join the team and for me it was a really good opportunity to, to work with one of my best friends.
2: And, and tell us about your own playing career, because obviously it's not, not so long ago, you, you were a player yourself, weren't you?
4: Yeah, I stopped uh, now three years ago, I think. I started coaching with uh, on the WTA Tour and uh, yeah, I stopped, uh, I was 29 I think, I, I tried my best, but it was not enough at the end and I decided to stop and start coaching. How useful is it as somebody
2: who's still, you know, can can play a bit themselves? We see you out there on the practice courts now, and you're actually able to 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 play with David in, in a coaching sense. That must be very useful.
4: Yeah, that it can help sometimes when uh, when we need it during the the practice and sometimes when we don't have uh, practice uh, other players to practice. So, but yeah, I, I still like to play, and uh, so we were doing some session together. But many times, it's playing with other guys. It's better for, to play sets and everything. And how how much does it help the
2: fact that you know each other so well, as you say, childhood friends, and you must sort of know each other's personalities? How how helpful is that in a coaching sense?
4: I think uh, now David is is uh, thirty years old, and he knows a lot of things about his tennis and about his career. And he, he wanted something, I think, new, and also with the with the strange year last year, with the COVID and everything. Uh, I think it's important to travel with. Uh, with people, uh, I mean, we can enjoy a lot outside the court. We are really uh, working hard on court, but also outside, it's uh, we have a lot of fun. And I think it's important for him. Uh, it's not like I'm gonna learn uh, all the tennis. I mean, he knows a lot of things, and so and I, I know him also from a long time, and I can help him because I I follow all all the career of David, so I know him really well.
2: And it feels like that's what he needs right now, isn't it? To be playing with, with a smile on his face again.
4: Yeah, yeah. Last year was tough, as I said. The uh, condition and also he, uh, the results were not, not great. And uh, I think he wanted something new, to be happy on court and uh, and enjoy the tennis and tournaments uh, even more with uh, all the restrictions this year. So I think it's, uh, it, it was, I mean... Uh, Big part of this choice. Uh, we have to remember, of course, that David
2: himself caught COVID, didn't he, last year? Which is sort of, you know, it takes time to get over something like that, doesn't yeah,
4: it? Yeah, at the end of last year, it was tough. During few few weeks, he was not 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 feeling great, but uh, now he's, he's, he's fit and it's okay.
2: So 59 tour level wins back in 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 2017. He was up to seven in the world. I mean, do you see him getting back to that level again?
4: it's really tough to I mean I don't want to to think about the really the ranking now but I think yeah he when when he's good he, he can play top 10 so I think he can he can make big result and it's what we are we are uh, I mean chasing now uh, and also for sure if he can be back if he can be back to the top 10 that's a that's a big goal yeah because he's only 14 or 15 I think
2: yeah, yeah, he's up to up to 14 in the world again now, isn't he? And as you say, he's 30 years old. Um, tell us exactly what you're sort of working on. I'm reading, reading a lot about going
4: back to basics. Explain
2: what that means exactly with David. Back to
4: basics, yeah. He wants to... Uh, during the pre-season, we, we, we played a lot. We He we hit, we hit a lot of balls because, yeah, he, normally David is, is really solid. He likes to run and, and hit a lot of balls. And at the end of last year, he was not feeling that solid. He was... He was not confident, and I think he has to, he has to, to be really solid and also take the ball early because it's one of the biggest weapons in his game, and it's what we we worked for at the moment.
2: Uh, explain what you mean by that. You know, in terms of you know somebody who doesn't play professional tennis when you say hitting the ball earlier. Just explain what you mean by that.
4: But it's 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 to take time to the opponent because if you wait the ball for I don't know if you play one or two meters behind the baseline, the opponent has more time to 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 stay in the rallies and then have more time to to prepare the point also so and I think David has a really good eye and he can he can play really fast he can take the ball early and so he 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 can take the time to the opponent to to be ready and and, and yeah, and, and be be uh, easy during the, the rallies. I think
2: so. You haven't been working together for, for that long, but already there are signs of progress, aren't they? Obviously, that terrific uh, uh, title-winning run in Montpellier and defeating someone like Roberto Bautista was a real marker,
4: wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, important for him because he the last last title was uh, three years ago, I think. So uh, that was important for him to to take another another, another title but yeah this year was a bit up and down some 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 a lot of close matches uh he lost with match point in the uh, in Australian Open and also in in Doha so i think uh, yeah but at least he's fighting hard this this year and that's the most important thing that's what we were talking about during the preseason—that the the—I mean—one of the first thing is to to enjoy on court and be ready to fight—and I think on on this on this uh, part of the game is is really good this year.
2: So is it all sort of a, a mental improvement more than specific sort of technique in his game? Yeah, but
4: I think everything is going together. In this I mean, if you enjoy more on court, you it's easier to fight than when when you are not feeling great so i think uh, yeah uh, if you feel more confidence if you are happy to be on court then then you can you can play for three or four hours
2: of course now we're, we're heading into the uh, european clay court swing aren't we so it's a surface we know that, that that david can thrive on and of course these are pretty much home courts for you here aren't you i know you practice a lot here in monica yeah right?
4: yeah yeah. he loved this tournament he loved the the clay, the clay court season so uh, we, are, we are really uh, happy to be here and, and start the, the clay court season.
0: And Goffin came through a potentially tricky first-round match against former US Open champion Marin Cilic. While there are new faces winning on tour and some off-court as well, when it comes to Monte Carlo, some things never change. And as long as he's fit, there's really only one name at the front of everyone's mind arriving here every year. 11-time champion. Rafael Nadal.
5: Well, happy to be back to the, to the tour, of course, and uh, especially happy to be back here in this amazing place. No? Uh, it's part of the history of our sport, this tournament, and it's part of my personal history uh, too, no? so uh, yeah, very excited to be back. Uh, I'm enjoying the first couple of days here with, I think, some beautiful weather and uh, good conditions to, to play tennis, and yeah, I'm very excited to, to start.
2: You had a couple of back issues, didn't you, at the start of the year in that run through to the quarterfinals in in Melbourne. I mean, how bad did it get, and how useful has this sort of break been to fully recover?
5: Yeah, it was a tough tough times before the before the Australian Open. I had to find solutions every single day to try to to, to play the tournament, and finally I did. It was not a, a bad result, quite the final, but not not uh, as good as I would like. You no, know, I felt uh, very uh, ready for for Melbourne, but then after the the, the problem on the back took me. I, I had to for around 20 something days before the tournament started. I had this this problem, so uh, I lost a little bit the the the, <laughs> the positive feelings. Now, then take it uh, take it some time to be back on court. Uh, I had to do some uh, treatment at home. Uh, that take it a couple of weeks to to be able to to work the right way again. But I am am quite happy now. For the last month I am practicing uh, well. uh, I I was able to to work as much as I would like. uh, And I am playing well now, so I am happy the way that I am arrived here.
2: I know you would have loved to have competed in in Miami, but obviously in the absence of some big names, it was a a great first Masters 1000 title for Hubie Hercats. I mean, how an impressive a performance was that in what was a great tournament for the youngsters, wasn't it?
5: Well, having a a very young final now between Janik and Hubert, both great guys, so uh, happy for Hubert. Uh, Sorry for Janik that I know him well, so... uh, But... Uh, both of them are very good and we know we knew that before they played that final here no? so uh, yeah good for tennis that have different winners too.
2: it's quite a few years ago but how special was your memory of your first Masters 1000 title? well it was amazing
5: it was here 2005 uh, yeah, I always loved this tournament uh, watching uh Finals, historic finals here in in Monaco, and when I was, uh, when I was uh, able to win Monte Carlo for the first time means everything to me.
2: I mean, it was 11 titles from 15 starts. What is it about this place? Obviously, the surface is is your is your best, but what is it about this place that's been makes it so special? I don't
5: know. I always felt comfortable here. I always uh, enjoyed the, the atmosphere, the the club, uh, the place, so uh, the conditions to play tennis. I I always had the uh, uh, I love a story with this place no? and uh, hopefully this year can continue well and can, uh, and I can be ready to compete at the, at the highest level again.
0: And there's another Nadal in town too, having stepped back from coaching his nephew in 2017 to concentrate on the Rafael Nadal Academy in Mallorca. Uncle Tony is now back on tour, but this time he's joining the camp of young Canadian Félix Auger Aliasim.
6: Felix some months ago, uh, spoke with me, asked me if uh, was p- it was possible to collaborate with him. And I decided it uh, was a good option for me and for the Rafa Nadal Academy. And uh, good. For me, it's a good opportunity because I, I mean, with. I was lucky all my life. I was very lucky with my nephew. I uh, I train uh, uh, a good guy and uh, a good guy with uh, good uh, with good results. No results. Then uh, I think now I have uh, had the same uh, have the same possibility because Felix is a very uh, a guy with a good education very normal this for me is so important and he's a young that has the possibility to become a very good tennis player become a very good tennis player then but i am happy that i can work with him
2: it sounds it really does sound that that is as important to you not only his his talent as a player but also his his mentality and, and his his sort of uh, what a good young man he is that seems as important as, as his abilities on the court as good.
6: well for me always uh, it was the same when i start to, to practice with uh, when i started to to be tennis coach in the small country in manacor always uh, i wanted to help the youngs to improve. For me, it's not a thing about to have a talent, a big talent or no. it's is a thing about to improve, to have the mentality, to try to improve every day. This is what I have done with Rafael all my all the years that I was with him, since he was three years old. Never I thought too much with the opponents. I, I thought always with uh, to improve all the abilities in the in the game and this is what i will try to do with with felix at the end is a thing about uh, to work and it is a thing about to have a personal satisfaction of our work then the, the results the the goals came will come or not i don't know But uh, at least uh, we have to work hard to try to to be a better player every day.
2: So um, so Felix uh, obviously came to the academy, didn't he, late last year. When he came to the academy last year, was this a possibility that that he may ask you to be the coach or was this all a surprise after he came to the academy?
6: he asked me. uh, They talked with me if it was possible to work with him. And I said, please come uh, here in the Rafa Nadal Academy some uh, days. And then you can see if uh, what I say is, is good for you or not. Because maybe you go in a, in a line and I go in another line. No? And he came there with his team uh, for 10 days. And then I were with him these days. And uh, at the end, uh, he decided. To work uh, together, and I I have to say, I I found a wonderful uh, team with uh, correct. uh, The the coach Fred is a a very good guy. Uh, Then Felix, a very good guy. The the, the fitness, uh, uh, the man, the fitness. Everyone. Then, for me, was easy. To, to decide to work uh, with him and uh, is, I am here and I, I want to say again, I am very happy.
2: What are Felix's main strengths as a player, and what areas do you think he could still have improvement?
6: Everyone can improve. All the uh, this is what uh, I want to say. The first, everyone has uh, good things and not too bad things, but not too good enough, No, And we have to know. And in my, in my mind, always I said the same. Uh, to improve is always necessary, and to improve is always possible. When you work, when you make something, and you love what uh, you are doing, the normal thing is to improve. For me, is unbelievable to make the same today than uh, tomorrow or yesterday the same than today. No, the normal thing is to improve a little. Now, uh, about uh, Felix, I think he can improve a lot in uh, his uh, performance in uh, in uh, play courts because it's normal. He uh, he's more uh, on hard court. Uh, play better with uh, his serve and uh, what uh, can improve <laughs> I think we have to improve everything at the end uh, a little uh, the forehand a little the uh, backhand a little uh, how to go to to, to the net and uh, the, the shots in, in the net I think we have to improve but for me, it's not, uh, it's not only this, it's to improve the game, in general. It's uh, to improve uh, what uh, th- uh, I need to, to do now, or, or uh, in this point, or in this uh, moment. And then, uh, I know, at the end, the difference is the mentality. When You have to be very strong. Today is difficult. We are in a difficult moment in tennis uh, for the youngs, because there are many good youngs. Uh, I don't know, maybe there are 10, 12, very good. Then Felix has to be one of these uh, guys. And then when I play there, when I am one of these, I wa- uh, I have to to, to see if he... Uh, I am, uh, I am good enough for uh, to win something special. But uh, I think all the life uh, is what I I did with Rafael. All the life, uh, every year we have to improve something. When we arrive in the ATP tour, Rafael has a lot of power. He runs a lot. He has a very good forehand, not too good <laughs> or very bad. Uh, sir, the backhand was good, normal, but every year he understands a little better the game. Every year the, the backhand was a little better, the volley was a little better. He can do some drop shots, then it's normal. Uh, Felix is young, he's is, uh, is very young. Then, in my opinion, he has to, two years, in two, three years to improve.
2: Uh, Uh, finally then uh, obviously you had so many years on tour with with Rafa I know you work with other players obviously back at the academy but does it feel strange to be on tour working with a different player after all those years yes
6: for me it's a little strange because uh, always when uh, I talk uh, never I talk uh, of myself like a tennis coach I was uh, a professor of tennis you know uh, because I worked with Rafael the same when he was three three years now. When he was six, seven, eight years old, then when he was here on the, the ATP tour. It was the same rules, the same values, always. Uh, uh, I wanted in my life, I wanted always to prepare my nephew for the future. Never thought in the... In the present when uh, I remember when he won the first uh, uh, Spanish championship when he was 11 years old he won and what uh, I did I uh, I called to the Spanish Tennis Federation if it uh, were possible to send me the list of the last 25 tennis champions in the same age than Rafael then I read the, in the, uh, they sent me the paper and I read these uh, names and I said good do you know him no a Spanish champion like you then this one we know then we have uh, 25% of possibility to, became, to become a, a good tennis player no this is our possibility I did this when Rafael was 11 when he won the first Roland Garros I did the same and I said before you This one, this one won the first Roland Garros, and they uh, finish only with one. You have to decide where you want to be in the future. In this group that uh, won more, or in this group that they only won one, you decide. All, All my life I did the same. You decide where you want to be. And uh, this is what, uh, what uh, I have in my mind. Uh, I don't think uh, in the present, never. For this reason, when I talk with him, with Felix, I told you have to think in the future. You have to think how you have to play in uh, two years, in three years. And we have to build this player. And you have to work hard. You have to know that what uh, you are looking for is very difficult. To be one of the best in the world is always difficult, but never to be afraid. Because I I think you can uh, achieve the goals when uh, you are prepared, when you are willing to work hard every day. And this is what I have done all my life.
2: Uh, just a quick one more, if I may, as well. Obviously, you said Felix, not not his strongest surface on clay, but obviously this is the start of the European clay swing, lots of tournaments coming up. What what are his targets, do you think? What are your targets for him on this surface over the next couple of months?
6: I, I have Felix, uh, I think Felix has a, a very good serve. Uh, it's true that on clay you have to, to make more different serves. Then uh, he played really hard, but on clay, we have to make different shots. And this is what uh, in this uh, month uh, he has to improve in my opinion He, he, he needs to change a little more his game. but is the natural thing is normal when you are young and you, is impossible to know everything. Then when you want to work, and you, when you want to improve, then uh, this is uh, what uh, you have to do.
0: Finally this week, a player whose expectations on clay might not be in the Nadal bracket, but who's nevertheless enjoying soaking up the atmosphere in Monte Carlo. Before his titanic three-hour first-round win over Frenchman Benoit pere Aussie Jordan Thompson spoke with Paul King.
7: Yeah, it's not bad here <laughs> at Monte Carlo. Just, uh, you know, watching a little bit of practice. Uh, Got the water in the background. It's uh, yeah, worst places to be. Now, listen. Let's talk about your year
2: to date. Started off uh, really strongly, didn't you, in that two fifty in Melbourne? Had a nice little run there. W- what have you thought of your own sort of game since then? Over the course of twenty one.
7: Yeah, good start. Um, you know, hadn't played a match until um, until February because um, you know after Paris um, went home, did my fourteen day quarantine in a hotel room. I was um, felt like a sardine in my room. Um, got a good got a uh, good pre season in. Um, and then, yeah, started off with a, a quarter final at the 250 in Melbourne, and it was a bigger draw, so I played more matches than expected to get to a quarter final. But um, yeah, it was a good start, and then uh, unfortunately uh, hurt my neck, and um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a rocky road since then.
2: How difficult is it then, if you, when you sort of have any sort of injury and you're and you're coming back and trying to get into a sort of rhythm as much as you know, I like guess mental as much as physical, just trying to remember and getting into that winning feeling again?
7: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just in in Miami, got off um, got off the mark there again, and um, you know, won my first round and um i played a match in dubai before that and you know wasn't feeling that good i hadn't played Um, uh, hadn't obviously underdone um my neck was giving me trouble i hadn't practiced as much as i usually would have and um yeah it was nice to get a win there but then um yeah back to the drawing board again and um copped a pretty big uh, whack from Roundich, but um yeah hopefully start again on the clay and um it'd be nice to uh, get a couple of wins.
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, obviously, you, you haven't played that much, have you, on this surface. For a guy that's primarily sort of, you know, played on, on hard courts, what, what is the sort of biggest challenge of trying to sort of adapt your game to this surface?
7: Yeah, uh, Aussie on clay. <laughs> um, uh, I feel I feel like I'm well-rounded, but probably it's not my best surface. Um, much prefer hard court and grass, but, um, you know, clay court season is such a big chunk of the year, so... Um, yeah i've been practicing um you know since miami been practicing nearly every day on clay um just trying to get used to it get um the feel beneath my feet and you know i won't know until i've started playing matches but um yeah hopefully uh It'll be a longer clay court season than it usually is. I just
2: explain to, to the layman who, who might be listening, who doesn't necessarily understand, just why it is so different. Because I mean, it's almost a different game. That the movement and the way the ball moves is incredibly different, isn't it?
7: Yeah, yeah. It's it's much slower. Um, balls can get heavy. Long rallies. Um, you know, it's tough to um, you know to get to the net and you know serve ollie bit because the courts are so slow. So someone like me who usually uses a lot of variety on a on a faster court slice you know, get to the net, move forward. Um, Luckily for me, I can slide on hardcourt, so moving on clay is not not such an issue, but um, all round it's much different. It's just much more taxing on your body. Do you enjoy the challenge? Love the challenge. Um, Always have since a little kid. Um, Never shied away. Um, I believe that if you're going to take the court, you're going to step on the court, you'd believe that you should win, otherwise there's no point going out there
2: you break into the, the top 50 a couple of times haven't you over the last couple of years but never quite able to make that, that sort of final step and really get up the, the rankings what do you think you need to do to, to maybe sort of break into up that top 50 and stay up there as well
7: yeah um, consistency um, you know when I'm first time I made um, top 50 uh, 2019 um, yeah, I was making you know a few more a, a fair few more quarterfinals and um, a couple of semis, made a final, um, deep run in Miami, made the fourth round. So it's just consistency at that top level and, um, you know, improving on your results. So, um, you know, rather than winning, uh, you know, one match, re- winning two matches at every tournament or three. Um, yeah, it's just winning winning matches at that top level, but consistency will get you there.
2: Yeah, and I guess winning breeds more winning, doesn't it? It's, it's so mental, isn't it?
7: Exactly. Um, you know, once you, um, you yeah, know, on the grass... Um, in 2019 that's when i made the made the top 50 for the first time and you know only played um, two 250s uh, only played two tournaments on the grass that year and i made um, a final and a semi both 250s and lost a tight you know, five set match to Kyrgios and i was just i was feeling really good on the court i felt like um, feeling really comfortable and I felt like I could just um, you know, I feel like I could beat anybody
2: I guess that's the whole point isn't it, when you're in the zone it's easy isn't it, but it's just finding it again
7: Yeah exactly, um, that's where consistency comes in um, you're, just, you're going out there day after day and just feeling good but yeah you got to get to feeling good first
2: and the other thing that a lot of people m- might not realise, that it's not all that glamorous, is it, as well, when you're sort of uh, further down the rankings, can you sort of you know, hear and you chat about, you know, the whole hotel room situation, of course, at your level?
7: Yeah, a little bit of a mix-up. Um, you know, I think hotel rooms here are astronomical. Um, so it's going to ruin my coach this week and got into my room only to find one king bed. So um, I guess we'll be building a pillow wall. <laughs>
2: well that's uh, that's good to know well, one final question who's got the, the best moustache on tour is it Jordan Thompson or Steve Johnson oh, a bit more of a beard though now aren't you
7: uh, yeah but it's just laziness that'll go away and obviously it's mine <laughs> um, can't can't be saying Stevie um, no but honestly uh, Stevie's is a lot more fuller I think so uh, I'll, I'm happy to give it to him Jordan thanks very much for your time thanks for talking to us uh, on ATP Tennis Radio thank
0: you That is it for this week. Join us next weekend as we round up events in Monte Carlo and look further forward to the challenges that lie ahead in Barcelona and at the Masters 1000 level in Madrid and Rome. But before that, remember you can join us every day this week for live ball-by-ball radio commentary from the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters. You can find that ATP Tennis Radio coverage on atptour.com. Just follow the listen button at the top of the page or On TuneIn. I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis.